Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. We've got a great show for you tonight. The Devils and the Bruins hot start. Minnesota Vikings get blowed out. And Coach Mike Westhoff joins us again on the in route. But we begin today's show with the New York Jets. Uh, the Patriots and the Jets were deadlocked at three with under a minute left in the game. The Jets punted the ball, and the rest is history. The Patriots returned to punt over 80 yards for the game ending touchdown. Now, <laughs> we'll get to Zach Wilson in a bit, but did this game say more about the Patriots or the Jets? Oh, well, it was a slop fest on both sides. You know, Mac Jones did throw for 246 yards. He did move the ball. You know, uh, Damian Harris was trucking guys for 65 yards. So the Patriots were able to do some things on the ground against a vaunted Jets defense, a very highly praised Jets defense. It seemed like they were better prepared for the shit conditions that Sunday Pope. Zach Wilson's passes were errant, to say the least. So, you have Conklin wide open in the flat, and you just overthrow him. You have... What the hell he was thinking when he hit... (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) God, he hit McCourty in the chest. If If McCourty holds on to the damn ball... There was another one. Like a diving, a diving attempt at a pick, dropped. Just, it could have been much worse for the Jets. Instead, it just ended up being inept for their offense. You know, Zach Wilson, 9 of 22, 77 yards. They seem to flush him out of the pocket to the left all the time. Like, that seems to be his bugaboo. They, they, the Patriots seem to have figured out, as they do with Jet quarterbacks in their first or second year all the time they figure out how to get them uncomfortable and how to wreck them it got to the point where they had what two yards of offense negative 21 passing yards negative 21 passing yards they moved I think a total of two inches in the second half it's like two inches yeah two inches per play in the second half it's ridiculous you know your highest, your your best receiving outlet was Denzel Mims, and his long it, it was two for thirty five. He had one, he, his longest catch was one for thirty four. So he had thirty four on one play, and then he got one for the rest of the day. So that's on six targets, mind you. Not not a great show. But see but, how much of this 
is on the coaching staff and not on Zach Wilson. Like, is it possible that they just didn't prepare him to play in this game? Now, you mentioned that the Patriots always take away what you love to do. They take away what you're best at. They force you to do things that you're not good at. So is it quite possible that the defensive coach Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur's little brother just didn't get this guy ready to play? It's a little, I mean, it's possible that the game plan was thoroughly neutralized by Bill Belichick. Patriots do. So the inability to make adjustments falls on the coaching staff. But at some point, like, we have to call it what it is. And good quarterbacks overcome these things, right? Good quarterbacks see the checkdowns. Good quarterbacks figure out how to check out of plays. Does Zach Wilson check out of plays at the line? Does he read defenses and do, does he do that? Can, can he put his team in a better position to win? Because, you know, Matt LaFleur's little brother, his offense isn't that great. It's not that creative. It, it's, it's, to say it's vanilla is an understatement. Like, it, it could be more dynamic. But they're, they were they're, hoping they were hoping that Wilson would provide that dynamic nature. That in what in what retrospect, like like in like in what in what retrospect, like you think he's gonna like run more, like like the only thing the only the only thing I'll say is is you know we don't we both really don't have high regard for Dan Orlovsky, but he put on a nice tape on ESPN and explained how. Zach Wilson's just missing guys. He's straight up missing guys. And running out of the pocket and not staying in the pocket and taking hits. Like, when you look at the team, the Jets probably should have won that game like 20, like 24 to 3 or 27 to 3. Like, that's how, you know, on some of these plays, there were broken coverages. Some of these plays, guys were running wide open. Now, there were other plays where there was a tight window to throw into, but. Dude, as a second overall pick, you need to make that throw. Second overall pick, we had the question from day one about this guy. You know, coming from BYU, what what competition has he really faced? You know, he had a great pro day. That's great. He had so he was making seventy yard passes. Anybody can look like a rock star in shorts and a t-shirt when nobody's bearing down on you. So, well, I kind of—I mean, I, about, you know, it, it's I kinda, something to be said about that. I mean, I kind of got off script a bit because, you know, I mean, to answer the question, I mean, I actually think it said more about the Patriots this game because if the Jets had a competent quarterback, the Patriots would have gotten blown out, which is what I didn't think was going to happen. I thought the Patriots were going to blow out the Jets forty-five to three. But it's the it's the Patriots that could have got blown out because the Jets defense came to play. Um, but you know, reports are reports have been circulating today. Zach Wilson is getting benched for Mike White for his comments after the game, where he didn't feel, you know, they asked him if he owed the defense an apology or if he felt like he owed the defense anything. He said no. That came off the wrong way. You know. Uh, I, I I have to think the way he said no 
made me think that he didn't hear the question. Like, it, you couldn't have really heard that question and been like, no, next question. Like, you know? Because that's basically what he said. He said, no. That's it. No explanation. No other, no, no added incentive. Nothing. Just no. It's like, almost like you were, you were assuming they were asking about, you know, I don't know. If you, were, you were assuming if you were, oh, if you, are you going to let this, you know, hurt you going forward or, you know, or you can, it's like he didn't even hear what they were asking. Um, but Robert Sala did make the right move in benching Zach, but Joe Flacco should be the guy starting. Not, not Mike White, especially if you have aspirations of competing for a playoff spot and competing for Super Bowl. This loss, I think, put them in last place now in a, in a very competitive AFC East. Um, but what this, what everything that happened in that game in Foxborough and everything that happened up until today tells me Joe Douglas needs to go. I mean, everyone wants to praise him for how he built this team for how he drafted. But dude, you you built a Ferrari without a steering wheel. So what good is it? It's shiny, it's nice, it goes fast, it's great, but you, there's, there's no way to drive this thing without a quarterback, a competent quarterback. And, you know, the, these are the types of moves that you get crushed for, right? Like if you just, if you, if you drafted Justin Fields number two, no one's crushing you, probably because he's playing well, right? But if you drafted Mac Jones, like the Patriots are getting crushed for drafting Mac Jones. Not getting crushed. But when you're like the 49ers and you're gonna go get a kid from South Dakota State and he's gonna be the he's gonna be your number three pick, and then you get the the the, the Jets, who at number two, after everybody offered them all kinds of trades, you take a kid from BYU who plays in a bullshit conference, played one really tough game and got beat in that game in his college career six foot one coming to play in new york you know you you didn't take into consideration the whole scope of this you tried to be cute with the pick so now you get crushed for it you know guys who won or competed a championship are playing well now mac jones he played in that game this weekend yeah, he didn't throw any touchdowns. He also didn't turn the ball over. He drew for over 200 yards. Justin Fields looks like a wow. Like, wow, this guy has really put something together with a bad with a bad Bears team. Um, you know, and also, the thing that we talked about last year when this kid got drafted, both the Bears and the Patriots had a veteran quarterback in camp with their rookie. And you didn't do that. And you still haven't, you know, you got Joe Flacco there, but where's the PR staff? Where's the, where's the, where's, what's, what's Joe Flacco doing here if he's not mentoring this kid? How does he come to the podium or walk, stand by his locker and say this? Did anybody get this kid ready for this? Or is it that you can't talk to him? Is it that he, he, he is like a bum? I, I don't know. Is he is he what Booger McFarlane said? Is he so far removed because of his privilege growing up that he doesn't take criticism? Yeah. 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 It could be that. But this is stuff you should have figured out. You do background checks. You talk to friends. This guy was not a captain on his own college football team. 
But he's a captain on the New York Jets after two years. So that's that's why I get frustrated with, you know, I, I'm actually in Zach's corner, believe it or not, because I don't think he's gotten coached up, and that might be his fault. But you drafted like he, if he gets drafted at the end of the first round, no one's no one's getting on him, man. If he gets drafted in the second round, no one's getting on him. He drafted this kid number two, New York. New York media, we're not in Jacksonville, we're not in Buffalo, we're in New York City, or New Jersey, actually. What do you expect? And then, to make matters worse, you're going to start Mike White over him? Not even going to a veteran Joe Flacco, right? I think the Joe Flacco start is a lot easier to argue than the Mike White start, don't you? Do you think it's... Like I, I, I do think Mike White is better at reading defenses, but do you think that is more indicative of what's gonna go what happen moving forward? That they're the going Jets, to Mike White over Flacco? I think that the writing is on the wall. If you look at the if you look at it, the killer was not last weekend. The killer has been missing Brees Hall. Once yeah. he went down, yeah. Robinson has not gotten going the way you have liked. Now, Ian Carter now have, this looks bad. Yeah, Ian Carter have not put it together like you would hope. They're twenty fifth in passing yards. They're twentieth in rushing yards. They're twenty second in points. The defense is keeping them afloat right now. Does this sound familiar? He might as well just wear number six. Right. It sounds like Mark right. Sanchez all right. over again. But the other part, see, the other part Sanchez that I, had it, but Sanchez could play. He had an arm. This kid, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but the, but Sanchez also had talented receivers, right? He had Holmes. He had um, Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards. Like, Justin Keller, I believe. He, he had he had some talent. But the other part is, is this is the tough thing to explain. Is he's five and two as a starter this year. He's 7-11 in his whole entire career. So that just goes to show you, it's like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. (laughs) But does it, though? Or is it that he has not done enough in the five wins to screw over and outkick their coverage, so to speak? Have they covered his ass? My my whole thing, Z, is is if you're looking at this kid in training camp and you're like, okay, he's our starter. We're not going to trade for anybody. We're not going to sign anybody on the street. We're moving forward with him. Okay. Dude gets hurt. Okay. We're going to start Flacco. But when Zach's ready to go, Zach's going to start. This is what Salah said. Just saying this is what Salah said. The kid has played five games, seven games. Played seven games. You're watching him in you're watching him every week in practice. You're taking the temperature of the locker room. You're watching all of his game film. It took this for you to decide that he needs to get benched. Like what what if what if the roles were reversed, see? What if after yes what if on Sunday the Jets returned the kick for a touchdown? Are we are we have is he starting against is he starting this weekend against the Bears? Because if he is, then that's the problem, right? Well, same line, same nine for twenty-two for seventy-seven yards. Yes, same line, same line. That's says the same and, and, and says the same thing after the game. Says the same thing after the game when they ask him if you owe something. No, but he won. That's a hard pill to swallow. If it's the same thing, 
it is the same thing. It, it's a hard pill to swallow if you make that choice. If you make that decision, if you're Coach Sala, because now you're going to get the defense. Defense is the bread and butter of your team. Now I'm starting to think like, what the fuck do we have to do? Like, really, really? <laughs> we gotta start we pitching shutouts. <laughs> right. That's exactly where. And th- you were with the Jets at that time. You were there during the Rex period. When cover for Mark, cover for Mark a lot because he was okay. He wasn't great. They had to cover from a lot, and I'm sure, like you're telling me, Bart Scott wasn't resentful. You're telling me Eric Coleman wasn't resentful? They had to cut. They had to play. Oh, no, Coleman was football? no. Col- Coleman. No, he was, was gone by then. He was gone. I, I was. I wasn't there for the Rex era. I was there. My last years were the Mangini era. But, but you're telling me that these guys wouldn't. They wouldn't be resentful of having to play perfect football every week. I, At some point, you got to make a play. The only person I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving Robert Sala a pass here because he's making the right move by benching this guy, right? Mm-hmm. But the other part of me is like, well, dude, how how long has this been going on? Like, has this been a conversation that you and Joe have been having for the last several weeks and saying, like, I don't know, he's not progressing like he should, like. Z, it is clear as fucking day. If you look at Trevor Lawrence play, you look at Mac Jones play, you look at Justin Fields play, and then you look at this kid play, you can't be like, oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. You can't. I don't care what his record is. I've been saying it since he started. I've been saying it since last year. I would and, argue and the, and the forty more... and the forty niners are in the same boat, right? The difference between the forty niners and the Jets is, is that the forty niners have Jimmy G, because the forty niners look like the forty niners look like they're going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It looked like they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we missed on the we missed on uh, trading up and drafting Trey Lance, but you know what? We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the NFC Championship game for like the what the second year in a row, right? It, so they, all, they, all signs point to that. Absolutely. They get a pass. But you guys, you guys, you didn't, you didn't do this right. And plus, their head coach is an offensive guy. He's had three coordinators under him become coaches in the league. You went out and got a defensive coach. You went and got Matt LaFleur's brother. And you're like, yeah, we could take a kid from BYU and make him a starter in the NFL. When was the last kid from BYU become a starter in the NFL? Steve Young? Consistently, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the arrogance of it. That's the smart thing. You didn't you didn't say, you know what? We need a guy who can put the ball where he wants. We need a proven winner. We need a guy that's competed at a high level. And you know what? We don't have the best coaches. Let's get Mac Jones. He's won a championship. He's played for Nick Saban. He's running a pro offense. He's he's battled through adversity. That makes sense. Better he's, yet. Oh, good, good. Mac Jones was definitely the most polished of the three. And we definitely had them pegged, had the Jets pegged to take Mac Jones. Now, I, I don't know what they saw, right? Right. But, the, what is but it? Uh, the, the question is about the evaluation of what went on between the ears, right? Between the ears is more important than any throw you can make. 
and he's drawing player comps to Jamarcus Russell. My whole thing is my whole thing statistically is, he's he's comping to Jamarcus Russell. That's not good. Arm talent is probably the fifth most important thing when it comes to a quarterback. Tom Brady didn't have the best arm when he came out of school. No. Tom Brady will admit to you in an, in an interview that he wasn't able to throw as far as he could until I think he said two, uh, 2006, 2007, after being in the league for eight or nine years because of the way he was working out, and that's when he started the pliability stuff. We you know, so I, that's that's the problem I have. It's like you try to be cute with this. If Zach was like if Mac Jones came in and failed, it's like okay, you missed, you missed. Justin Fields came out and failed. Okay, you missed. But at least you had something to back up why we're taking Mac Jones. At least you had something to back up why you're taking Justin Fields. What in God's name do you have to back up turning down all the trade offers that you got for number two because you wanted this kid? That's what I want to know. There's no justification for it, but no, no, knowing none. knowing that Mac Jones or Justin Fields would fall to you, even if you didn't take him. Like, let's say the 49ers. I think the 49ers. We talked about this. I think they were the ones that really wanted Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. and they're willing to trade up to take Zach Wilson. Okay, they take Zach Wilson. You're still gonna get Trey Lance. You're still gonna get Justin Fields. You're still gonna get Mac Jones. Like. You know, it's this. This kid's not Matt Stafford. That's the other thing. It's like you think about number one picks. You think about top ten picks. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is a guy that at Georgia could really throw the ball. Played in a pro offense. AJ Green was his wide receiver. Yes, break the bank. Go get Matt Stafford. No, that's not what this is. Matt Stafford's like six four, six five, cannon. It's six one, six two. Not West Conference. Need some last-minute fantasy football advice? Then the boys at the Fade Route have you covered. Tune in every NFL Sunday to Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3 with DNZ. DNI give you our top 1, 2, 3 fantasy starts or Green Light. And Fantasy Sits or Red Light. That's Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3 every NFL Sunday during the season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get the Fade Route. That's red light, green light, one, two, three with DNZ. Every NFL Sunday during the season. But anyways, we move on because, you know, we could talk about this all day, all night, but. And we will with Coach Westall. Ah, in another unattractive game, (laughs) the Cowboys destroyed the Vikings in Minnesota, 40 to three. That's right, folks, 40 to three. Tony Pollard had almost 200 yards and all. He had almost 200 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. It's not. It's not. It's like they didn't even know Tony Pollard was on the damn team. Should we be talking about Tony Pollard as the MVP? It's. It's a good story. Tony Pollard is usurping Ezekiel Elliott, and if they decide to move on from Zeke, they have a credible starting running back but as MVP probably I I would say that's a bit of a stretch what this game really did was expose the Minnesota Vikings like they were bare assed in the wind (laughs) like there was that 
atrocious of a performance. And the warning signs were there just by the sheer number of close games that they've played, right? Cardiac kids, like, okay, it's battle tough. You know, you want to sell it, you want to spin it positive, you know, that they're battle tested and they're, you know, preparing for what's going to be in the playoffs. But frankly, like, they just got their fucking doors blown off. And Kirk Cousins did Kirk Cousin things as per usual. And, you know, you can only do so much. He got sacked seven times. Like, the offensive line played like shit. Cousins played like shit. The receivers didn't really do much. Justin Jefferson only caught three passes. You know? TJ Hawkinson. Thank God they made that trade with the Lions. When was the last time you've heard that? Five five receptions. Eleven teams. But Tony Pollard had a fantastic game. But... I think you need to see more. I, I would, you know, I would say Patrick Mahomes. I would probably, I would, I would probably go with him above Tony Pollard. It's a, it's a good story, but he's not going to get any long-term traction as an MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean, to me, Tony Pollard and really Travis Kelsey really should be in contention. They love, they love to give these, this award to quarterbacks. They were trying to push for Russell Wilson to get it last year, but I mean, Kelsey's been the best player in fantasy this year. Tony Pollard has almost a thousand all-purpose yards. He surpassed Zeke as the primary back in Dallas. He's really the focal point of their offense. I don't think that they are in position to progress forward this season without Tony Pollard. Um, he's much more important than C.D. Lamb, much more important than Michael Gallup, much more important than Schultz, everybody. Like he's he's their guy. And then as far as Kelsey's, Kelsey's concerned, Kelsey has 11 touchdowns. He has 855 receiving yards. They're like they're they, you know, they're going to try to give this to Hertz or Mahomes, but it really should go in my opinion to one of these two guys. I mean, if you're going to talk about valuable, I would say, I would argue, if you're going to give me these four guys, I would actually, you have a very compelling argument for Jalen Hurts. You do, you definitely do. Have so a is he, is he your guy? Like, is he your MVP so far? Is that who you would give the award to if the season ended today? Well, I mean, based on your definition of value, you take him off this team. What are you? And, you know, war does not exist in football, right? Thankfully. But does Gardner Minshew, because he's the backup, you put Gardner Minshew in for him, Is are the Eagles as remotely as good as they are? The answer is no. It's a resounding no. But you can say that, you can say that about Patrick Mahomes as well. The, those 11 touchdowns, Kelsey's numbers go in a free fall if Mahomes isn't there, right? Because it's a dependent position. Both sides are equally dependent. But I would say that all four would be a good choice, but it always ends up ends up being a quarterback because the quarterback's going to touch it pretty much every play. That's yeah. why the that's why they get it. You know, they get the lion's share of the credit. They get the lion's share of the blame. 
the quarterback in the center touch the ball every play. So to me, it narrows it down to Mahomes or Hurts. And I mean, it really is a pick em. You know, what do you value? What do you value? If it's pure winning, then this year it's Jalen Hurts. It, but if it's dynamic play, then it's Patrick Mahomes. And if the, it depends on what the league wants to do. If the league wants to canonize Patrick Mahomes, right? Because he's already like, he's already on that level. If they really want to cement him in that Brady echelon, then they'll give it to him. But if they want to create a new star, right? Then they'll give it to Jalen Hurts. But I really, as of right now, I doubt they would give it to Kelsey. I doubt they would give it to Pollard. It really feels like a two-horse race. But, you know, speaking of like a two-horse race, you're looking at this week in Thanksgiving, right? You have the Cowboys, you have the Giants. The Cowboys have really asserted themselves running the football. And the Giants, as we saw from their loss to the Lions, they cannot stop a nosebleed on the ground. Williams had his way with them. Swift had his way with them. Cowboys are 8-3 and three if they beat the Giants, right? Like, how is this shaking out moving forward? Can the Eagles hold off the Cowboys? Even if they don't, even if the Cowboys don't sign Odell Beckham. <laughs> how do they, or do the Cowboys take this division? Are they on the upper trajectory or what? No, I think it's I think the Eagles got this. I, I'm, I'm, I think they're the, they're the complete team. I think they're, they're in the driver's seat. Um, the only thing that can mess them up is their coach. Uh, hmm. But you know they won that game late over the weekend. I thought that was big, even though it was against the Colts. The Colts seem to have a, you know, a renewed sense of playing under Jeff Saturday. But you know they're, they're winning close games. They're blowing people out. Dallas had some bad losses. They're gonna have some. They have some division games that they're gonna have to play. So I, I'm, I'm in on the Eagles. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know if the Eagles are. I mean, they're loaded with talent. Like, let's not mince words here. Like, they are certainly loaded with talent, and they just picked up Indomitian Sue and Linville Joseph. I didn't even know. Was, I didn't even know Linville Joseph was a free agent, and they just went and signed him. So they have the big run stuffer. That move sounds that those moves sound specifically targeted towards the Cowboys because that's what the that's what the Cowboys do, right? And you want to get after you want get after Dak, you want to stop the run. That definitely, you know, it definitely speaks to it. But I don't know, like the Eagles definitely have a little paper tiger to them. Like I definitely need to see a little bit more, right? The Lions yeah. weren't any great shakes. The Vikings have proven that they're that they're kind of eh. They lost, they beat the Commanders, they beat the Jaguars, they beat the, the Cardinals, they beat the Cowboys once. Let's see if they can do it again. They beat the Steelers, we know the Steelers are no good. They beat the Texans, who we know is no good. They just benched long neck in favor of Kyle Allen. And they beat the Colts, who fired the coach. That's a 9-1 question mark. It really is a nine and one question mark right now, but I mean they're they're talented. I can't I can't say that they're not. That would be disingenuous. But like, mm, right, the rest of the way, 
They they have the Cal they have the Titans, they have the Giants, Bears, Cowboys again. Giants like that's that's it's it's going to be a pruning ground. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. They are certainly studded with talent, and some of the studded talent that we will be talking about for the next couple of weeks are the semifinalists for the Hall of Fame. List of 28 will be brought down to 15 in January, and the finalists will be announced in February. Which of these five guys do you think should be getting in? Well, for me, I mean, I'm partial to Anquan Bolden. I, I think he was a great player. You know, he's a very steady, steadying influence. He said, you know, he made Arizona relevant. Great. You're and saying he's great, not very good, right? He's great. I would say that Anquan Bolden is a great receiver. And eventually, you know, he and Larry Fitzgerald are both going to end up in Canton. I would agree. 82 career touchdowns. 13,000 yards, 1,000 receptions for his career, three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. He definitely, he established himself. Rondé Barber, another guy. Great defensive back for the Bucs. Then you're you're starting to get into it, right? Now you're starting to get into the Steve Smiths. He's cuspy, but he would be cuspy. Torrey Holt. I would say Torrey Holt is cuspy, very good, but then, you know, had some lean years at the end. Reggie Wayne, right? Reggie, I mean, Reggie Wayne without with Peyton Manning, like I would, I would argue for Reggie Wayne that he was a finalist last year, and didn't make it. Then you have guys like Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis didn't play long enough. I don't know why he's on this list, you know. So for me, I would go, I would go Anquan Bolden. Rondé Barber, Jared Allen was a dynamic player. I would I would take him over a guy like Dwight Freeney. He's also on this list. So that would be Tory Holt would be my four, and I would go Reggie Wayne as my five. So a very wide receiver heavy. Yeah, I mean for me, I'm going with Rodney Harrison, Willie Anderson, Devin Hester, Reggie Wayne, Vince Wilford. Hmm. Okay. That's it. Um, and Con Bolden to me is he's in a bucket of very good. Um, same thing with Tory Holt. They're in a bucket of very good. I mean, but uh, the only the only defense I'll give to them is you put Megatron in, you gotta put them in. And the other thing is, is like you talk about Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden's in, man. Hines Ward gotta get in. Like Hines Ward's got two Super Bowls. Hines Ward's gotta go in. Like, and Hines Ward was, you know. College player too. Um, yeah. 
you know, football now, gets... But, but here's the thing, though. I'm going to pose this to you really quick. If Megatron's in, does that mean Patrick Willis gets serious consideration? Because Patrick Willis played a shorter career than Megatron. Does yeah. that open the door for a guy like Keekly as well? Yeah, so for me, it's a little different with Megatron because he was a wide receiver. Um, he impacted the game, I think, a little bit more than Patrick Willis did. Um, I don't want Megatron to be in, but I don't think him being in in opens the door for defensive players that played a short time period but i do think it opens the doors that for for in the case of megatron because he's in he opens the door for people who played longer than him people who won championships and the people that played almost as just as long as he did you know so that's the problem they came across when they put megatron in um you know they they were putting it all on. <laughs> if there's a, there's a funny statistic where it says Tom Brady played before Megatron came into the league, when Megatron was in the league, and he's still in the league, and Megatron's gone. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it, it's 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 kind of hard. Uh, and he felt he, to me it was the it was the eye popping plays he made. Right? It was he was so big and jumping over five guys and and running downfield and people chasing him. But my whole thing is Megatron got caught from behind all the time. I'm pretty sure he was on the Lions team that didn't win any games. And he is not top five, top 10 in any wide receiver category. Nothing, not yards, not receptions, not touchdowns, nothing. He is just a guy, just a guy. Megatron being in, man, that lets it, that, that has to let Antonio Brown get in eventually. Antonio Brown's a far better receiver than Megatron. Can you imagine that speech in Canton? Can you imagine that speech from AB? He's going to ask Giselle to give it. (laughs) (laughs) He will. He will. Oh my God! So you're in, uh, that is interesting that you're in on Devin Hester as a as yeah. a Hall of Famer. You know he went. He I think I'm pretty sure he has the record for returns. Um, he did get to a Super Bowl. You know, so that's why I'm with on him getting in because he broke that record. Like you know he, I, I believe he actually was one of. I think he's the first person to return a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Pretty sure he's the first person to turn a kickoff for a touchdown this year. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I am. But so know. let me, I'm gonna pose this to you then, yeah, because Cordero Patterson, I believe, broke one of Devin Hester's records on Sunday. Is spinning it forward, would Cordero Patterson end up in the Hall of Fame then for yeah. being such a dynamic? I, punk, punk, punk yeah, punk. I, think, I think it's a, I think it's a possibility also with Cordero Patterson, he plays receiver and he plays running back. Hmm. And he, I believe he's got a Super Bowl ring. Pretty sure he won with the what was he, he won with the Patriots? I think he was on the Patriots team that uh, knocked off the Falcons. Yeah, I think he was on that Patriots team. So, yeah, I mean, for sure, he's got to be considered. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB, to Dutch Apple, to Campfire S'mores, and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live, and you see what they're making. 
Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie. But you know what else needs to be considered? How equatorially hot Jersey Devils are right now. And, and as a Ranger fan, that pisses me off. The Devils are on a 13-game winning streak. Currently, they're playing the Leafs, so we're going to see how that one shakes out. But as of right now, they are still on this 13-game winning streak. Meanwhile, the Boston Bruins are 17-2, and right? They have a pedigree. They have more of a pedigree of recent vintage than the Devils. But are these two teams the best two teams in the NHL as we speak right now? You know, I I don't I don't really know how the Devils are doing it. Like I'm I'm all aboard on the Bruins. I think the Bruins are legit. I think they're scary good. Like they're really really good. But on for the Devils defensively, I don't see it. Um, also, their goalie he's not he's not like he's not like one of the best goalies. So I think I think things are gonna catch up with the Devils sooner than later. Um, I'm not buying stock in that. I don't think they're one of the best teams, but I do think I do think the Bruins are legit. Well, the Bruins are absolutely legit. They you know they have the pedigree, they have the horses. Bergeron's back. Like this is what they do. The Devils. This is the benefit of sucking for a long time. You know, you get your players, you get, you've got your Jack Hughes, you got your Nico Heeshear. Yes, for Broad is good. They brought in Andre Palat from Tampa Bay to give a little bit of playoff grit. You know, it's definitely got an infusion of vets now. You have Thomas Tatar, you have Eric Halla. We'll see. We will definitely see. The back end, a lot of kids around Dougie Hamilton and Brendan Smith. Damon Severson's still there. Dougie, Dougie, they're doing the Dougie. But, I mean, there's a reason why Vanacek was one of the more sought-after goaltenders coming off of that season with the Caps. He's got promise at 26. Now, what the Devils have been trying to do, right? The Devils have been trying to replace Martin Brodeur since they traded him to the Blues, and then he ultimately retired. So they thought Corey Schneider was going to be the guy. They thought Mackenzie Blackwood was going to be the guy. And none of these guys were the guy. And, you know... Vanacek, he's 9-1 and one with a 2-1-4 goals against. That's third in the NHL. <laughs> he has a 918 save percentage. Like, what more do you want the guy to do? Like, what would convince you that this guy's the guy? I don't know. I just, I just don't buy it. He looks like Gronk. 
He looks like Gronk. I, I just I just don't buy it. I just not I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not buying on it. I'm not buying stock in it. I just I don't know. I'm having a hard time believing that this is true. Where when I see the Bruins and I see the way they're playing and I see the talent they have, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a problem. No, of well, course. I mean, if you look at you look at up and down the roster, you know, Bergeron, Coyle, DeBrus, Krejci, Marchand, Marchand, Taylor Hall, former MVP. There, Pasta's there. Pasta's still there. Brandon Carlo still on defense. Matt Charlie McAvoy's still there. Like the one thing that you were uncertain was how they were going to fill the hole. Right, Swain, Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark seem to be doing the job, just fine. But you know, it's still early. If given, if you're looking at both rosters, yes, like the Bruins would appear to have more of a staying power. Absolutely, like th- that team, they have the grit, they have the you know, they have the experience. They have the skill, clearly. The Devils have the youth, and that's the one thing they have on them. Young legs, they definitely can last a lot longer. Who's to say that the come around and they go, you know, knocking on the Blackhawks' door and end up with Patrick Kane? Now, all of a sudden, the Devils with Patrick Kane in this position, they look a lot better. So... I don't know how that's going to turn out. I don't know who's going to win the Patrick Kane sweepstakes, but you kind of have to, you know, credit Lindy Ruff and his staff. Like he knows what he's doing. He's been a longtime coach in this league for, you know, for Buffalo. Got the Buffalo Sabers to a Stanley Cup. They didn't win, and they had Dominic Hasek, but still, he got them there. Okay, he had guys. He had Michael Pekka. He had he had a roster of talented players. And he knows how to coach. So if there's anybody that I think that can keep this team afloat, it's Lindy Ruff. Now, again, very early. Still very, very early. The Rangers have not hit their stride yet. They just traded Ryan Reeves to the Minnesota Wild. They seem to be freeing up cap space to make a run at Kane. The Islanders are like nipping on the heels. The Penguins, the Penguins are always there. Like we can never discount the Pittsburgh Penguins. And let's not forget the Tampa Bay Lightning still exist. So, <laughs> so let's not forget that they exist. That's the worst thing you could do right now. And last but not least, the Carolina Panthers. They're pretty good too. They are pretty good. Florida so, Panthers? Not as good. You know, just kind of kind of lying in the weeds right now. Kind of lying in the weeds. So the Carolina Hurricanes then. Carolina Hurricanes more so than the Florida Panthers, but you said I mean, no. You said Carolina Panthers. That's oh, why I said that. Not, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut. You know, Baker Mayfield is looking for a new career. So why not the Carolina Hurricanes? Thank you. Yes, the Carolina Hurricanes. My apologies, North Carolina. Lovely place. Lovely place. The, you'll always be the Hartford Whalers to me, but. The Carolina Hurricanes, they play a, a gritty, tough style, and they can't be discounted. So, the Devils are off to a fantastic start. Let's see how they finish. Give it time. 
the championship from DNZ this year, you can play our football pick'em on CBS Sports and compete against us in the option every week. Check the link in our Instagram bio, Fade Route Podcast, for all the details and to sign up. Then tune into the Fade Route every week until the Super Bowl for updates and standing. Bring it on. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, FaderouteDNZ. Joining us on the in route today, we have legendary special teams coach and author of Figure It Out, Mike Westoff. Coach, thanks for coming on again. Thank you. No, you're welcome. I appreciate you having me. That's uh, I enjoy it. Thank you. Oh, appreciate great. it, Coach. Well, yeah, we're gonna jump right in, Coach. Well, we'll keep it short. Uh, Jets, Jets game. You are the foremost expert on special teams. Jets and Patriots final minute. What happened on that punt return? Yeah, that's uh, it's it, it's one of those things. It's a shame because I mean, obviously the Jets. Uh, you know, really struggled in offense in the second half. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yes. Um, you know, you get two yards. I, mean, I could get a pickup team for my development could get two yards. <laughs> that's, that's pretty sad. Uh, you know, I'd be, I'm 74 and I'd be 10 years, the youngest guy. And we, we could get two you, yards. You'd get it, right? Anyway, yeah, get it. at the end, the wind was really blowing. It was blowing hard to the left. And it was pretty obviously what New England was doing. They, they played a I used to call it giant, seven guys in the box. They doubled Hardy, the Jets' best guy, who was out to the left. They doubled him. So, and, and the wind's going to blow the ball over there. They're blowing it out of bounds. Now, what they're going to do, they're going to take their outside rusher. You number rushers from the outside in, one, two, three, you know, one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, depending on how many guys you have in the box. And so they're going to take their number one and really push him up hard and try to make the Jets not just turn and punt the ball too much toward the number. The ideal place to punt the ball when you're playing in a windy stadium is to hit toward the number. Then the wind will carry the ball the rest of the way toward the sideline. Okay, that's all you have to do. But you have to protect it. I used to do what we called slam. We would take our wing. When the ball was snapped, we'd fire him off the ball like he was a fullback. And he'd smack that number one right in the face and he'd stun them, then he would just bounce outside and release when the ball was kicked. And the personal protector would come over and pick the number one up if he missed them or didn't get them right. And so that enables you to be able to punt the ball in the direction you want to punt it. And so what the, what the Patriots did, they forced the Jets to punt the ball in the middle of the field. Now the ball blew over between the number and the hash, but that's basically the middle of the field. Well, the guy caught the ball. He took two hard steps to the Jets' right, and then he just ran up the sideline, and they blocked it. They got guys down there to block. They did. They had a block in the back at the end. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. Yeah, they blocked him right in the back. They should have called it, but they didn't call it. But anyway, the guy was going to score. But the thing is, if you don't protect it that way, then your punter can't really get to where he needs to do. 
All you have to do is give him a soft side. He punched the ball up toward the number. The wind would have blown the ball out of bounds. The Jets would have gone into overtime and had a chance to win the game. And so they just they didn't do it right. They didn't execute it. But really, fundamentally, most teams don't do that. I don't. I mean, I've tried to tell everybody how to do it, but I don't know. I did it, and I didn't have problems with it. So, you know, if you can't do it, you don't know how to do it. Then you know, it's that's your problem. Yeah, and you alluded to it, Coach. I mean, during the punt return, there appeared to be an illegal block in the back. Uh, you know, but it wasn't called. I mean, how, how, you know, how do, how do you move forward with that? I mean, it Here's should have been thing. called. Here's like, the problem. You, yeah, Here's the yeah. problem with it. Here's the problem with it. I, I see two sides of it, to tell you the truth. Number one, Hardy was never going to make the tackle. The guy was by him. He wasn't going to make the tackle. That's true. Okay? When he got blocked in the back. All right, so that's the first thing. So it's hard to complain sometimes on something like that because he wasn't going to make it anyway, in my opinion. Um, but nonetheless, it was a foul. And it was it was a hard hit in the back. It sent him flying. He landed right on his face. Yeah, I mean, you had to be stupid not to know it. Though it should have been called. But the fact that it wasn't called, I mean, that doesn't really make me feel any better because of the fact that I just don't think they executed a type of protection that you need to do to give your punter a chance to put the ball where he needs to put it to let it blow out of bounds. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't like it. But at the same time, if they had done it the right way, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Right. But I mean, this game was more than just one play, right? Yeah. There were eight, there were 18 combined punts, Please. 10 combined sacks, two missed field goals, drop picks, overthrown passage, and a partridge in a pear tree. The <laughs> Patriots put up yardage, but only three points. Zach Wilson went nine for 22 for only 77 yards, a net 33 after being sacked four times. Both offense just burning this tape here, or is there something we could take away from this game? Yeah, that the fact you got to feel good about your defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jet, the Jets' defense can play. I mean, I love those two defensive tackles. You know, Thomas and uh, Williams. And those guys are good, and you know, they, this is a good defense. So they, they've got the ability to be a playoff defense. Now, their offense. I mean, they were pitiful. The quarterback is struggling. He just struggles. I mean, I. He struggled the whole year. What do you want me to tell you? He's a couple games. He's all right. But here's the thing. When I was at training camp this year, and I can't, and I did my shows afterwards, I, I predicted this exactly what would happen. This is a good-looking football team. They can run. They play hard. I love the way they practiced. Their coach did a nice job. They were really working at things. I saw what I thought would be a, a good defense with a, with a chance of being a, an exceptional defense. That's what I saw. I saw a running game that was above average. And I think that's that's pretty much been the truth. I saw some enough wide receivers that I saw weapons. Okay? Now, the quarterback, I, I just have questions. I, I there's inconsistencies. What I when I left there, I made it very clear and I said if they can find ways to get this guy out of the pocket, we'll find out how good he is. If they don't do that, he's going to struggle. Well, guess what? They didn't do it, and he struggled. He's not playing well. He's, no. They list him as 6'2". I'm 6'1". I look him right in the eye. He's no taller than me. <laughs> That's, he has to jump to get to 6'2". I don't want to hear it. 
And so, you know, you're not, you know, the guy at San Diego six six. Oh, yeah. You know, Allen's 6'5". Yeah, those are tall boys. And then, and then yeah. the, the smaller guys, they can run all over the place. Right. You know, those kind of guys. So, you know, to me, I'll give you an example. Let, let me give you an example of this. I, I did this when I knew I was going to talk with you guys. I did, I did three of these today. Okay. <laughs> when I used to do stuff with the media, I, I would do some research. I, now, I don't do it now, of course, because I'm not doing it. But I today, I did a little bit. And I talked to a friend of mine who... Who studied Wilson, you know, as a, as a scout. I mean, he's a, he helps the scouting, etc., etc. I won't tell you who he is. I can't do that. Anyway, he told me he studied that he studied his um, uh, his uh, pro day, pro day tape. All right. Now you know what a pro day is. It used yes. to be guys just went to the combine, and everybody worked out, and then that was what everybody saw. Well, then then they came along and they wanted to be more specific, so they started the pro day thing. A lot of guys go to the combine and don't work out. The pro day accentuates and highlights the individual. Everything is geared to make him look good. Okay. All right. Now the guys at the pro day. Now this is a statistic that he gave me. Now I'm not going to use the exact one he gave me because tell you the truth, I think he's. I, I don't. I can't believe it. Anyway, at the pro day, I'll use 75%, and I'm being a little bit under what I was told. 75% of his passes he did from outside the pocket on the move. Where has that been? It said the highlight play that this guy told me that he watched during during this pro day was he he faked the run to the left, bootleg out to the right, and he was outside the pocket to the right. He pulled up, threw the ball all the way back across the field to hit the wide receiver running a streak pattern down the far sideline. The place erupted. That was the highlight of the workout. Now, those kinds of plays would make you take a guy where they draft him. My question is, where the hell's that stuff been? Because I haven't seen him get out of the pocket. I don't see any of these plays. So as much as I want to jump all over this kid, because I'm not very fond of him, and I was really... I, I was disgusted with that post-game comment. I thought that was disgusting. He's lucky he didn't lock it, walk in the locker room when his defensive lineman punch him in the face. I mean, I just don't like that guy. I mean, you've got to be a grown man about it. So, but what I'm saying, there's a part of me that's going to defend him a little bit until I see him put in these kind of situations to help do what what maybe what maybe he can do. And until I see that. Then I think the coaches have to also be a little bit responsible for this demise, because right now that's what it is. And we're being joined by legendary special teams coach Mike Westoff, author of Figure It Out by from Mascot Books. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Target. You can get anywhere you can get your books. Holidays are coming up. We make a fine Christmas gift. But Thank you. since you brought it up, coach, there was that post-game press conference, which somehow upstaged. Zach Wilson's lousy performance on the field. He did himself absolutely no favors in the locker room, like you said. And at the coach's press conference, Coach Sala didn't back him. He didn't commit to, to Wilson and officially benched him in favor of Mike White, completely deactivated him for the week, the week against the Bears. Right. It's going to be Mike White starting. Joe Flacco is the backup. Right. So you wrote a book called Figure It Out. Who needs to figure it out faster, the Jets or Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson, number one. 
because he's so far ahead that the better need to be figured it out. He's so far behind. It might take him forever, but he's got, I, I think, I think the coach did the exact correct thing. I don't want to give up on this guy. I'm not going to give up on him, but I'm going to let him know that this is not acceptable. It's not the way that this isn't the way we, we play in the national football league. I mean, you, this is grown men and it's certainly not the way that we act toward our teammates. The idea when that happens, all you have to do, the thing is you never answer the reporter's question. Right. You never answer it. Mm -hmm. You look him in the face instead of saying that, that, did you let the defense down? You said, no, wait a minute. I let everybody down. I let myself down. I have to play better. It's my responsibility. You know, I have to find a way to be better. That's it. Everybody accepts it. But when you, when you go look at those guys, you say no, and you walk away. And that, that is frustrating. That angers people. You know, everybody's pulling together now, but I also now with the other guys that need to uh, figure it out. I think those coaches need to find out what this kid can do when, when, when that percentage of his workout is passes out of the pocket. I mean, come on, what makes you think you're going to have this guy just stand in the pocket all day? He can't do it. When you start getting them out, here's what we did. When we, I've heard people compare him to Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez played played better than this kid. I don't care what anybody says. And when we, when Mark, when we first got Mark, don't forget. Now we had Damian Tomlinson. We had a really good line. We led the league in rushing, but we got Mark out of the pocket all the time. We got him out of there and let him help. You know, help his reads. Let him get you know throw to Dustin Keller five yards and. You know, next thing you know, Mark did a nice job of managing us. He helped us out. We see it now. All of a sudden, you know, later on, when Mike tried to turn us into the New England Patriots South Branch, and we weren't we weren't quite as good uh, when we changed our whole philosophy. That was time for me to leave. But this is what I see. I mean, I just see this guy. But until I'm gonna, until I'm gonna get rid of him, I want to see what he can do if I'm doing these things with him. I want to see him bootleg and waggle and sprint, and get him out of the pocket, cut his field in half, cut his reads in half. I think he looks lost in the pocket. I think he looks lost. Yeah, coach, just to just to ask a question, like you know, if you're if you're on the sideline on Sunday in a game like that where the offense is really struggling, I mean, you if you're a special teams coach, do you do you say something to the offensive coordinator? Do you say something to the head coach? Do you say something to Zach? Like, do you, how, how does that how does that dynamic work? I would never say anything to Zach. Mm -hmm. I, I would never do that to the. Now, don't forget, I just wasn't the coordinator. I mean, I, I was a little special. I mean, I did. Yeah. I'm saying that's kind of arrogant. But I mean, come on, I, I knew everybody. I mean, I, no, I mean, that's why that's why I'm curious. I, mean, like I, was, how... I coached I coached offense with Coach Shul and Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah I mean, we were pretty good last I heard. Yeah, you know we were pretty good offense. Then I went up to the Jets and I was helping out. But I'm mean, up there with Vinny Testaverde and then Chad. Well, then we had a guy mm -hmm. named Brett Favre. He wasn't too bad. No, and I no went to the Saints. There. Went to the Saints. There's a kid named Drew Brees, who's a pretty good football player. So I think I know what an offense is supposed to look like. I watched no. it every day, and and I know this kid cannot do what they're asking him to do right now. So yeah, I would say something. I, I absolutely would. We'd get in a meeting. I'm, I mean, I'm, I never. Here's the thing. I learned this, and I wrote it in the book. If you read the book, you'll know. I learned it from Bear Bryant. Told me one time. 
You don't have to be the most popular coach. Sometimes you just got to say the right thing. Take a chance. And that's, and I would have done it in a heartbeat. I said, what are we going to get? Can we get this guy out of the pocket? Yeah. Give him a chance. Right, right, right. Yeah. Let's find out. Let's look at it in practice. Definitely. You got you got to see what you have. I, I totally agree with you. But they're they're actually they're committing to Mike White on Sunday. I'm, I'm not as a head coach. Uh, if you were the head coach, Coach Westoff, would you be going with Flacco or would you be going with Mike White on Sunday? I, I think from what I've I only can tell you what I've read and what I hear. And I think he's made the right decision to go with Mike White. I think he's trying to get a little bit more movement than he has with Joe. That's my opinion. I kind of like what this coach is doing right now. I I would just from the little bit that I know from what I watch and what I've talked to him a little bit and I've read, I'm very much supporting him right now. Very much so. I think he's doing the right thing. He wants to he wants to look at this. You know, I mean, come on, they play the Bears this week. They can beat the Bears. They still have Jacksonville. They they've got, you know, uh, trust me, Minnesota's beatable. If you can run the ball and rush the passer, you can beat Minnesota. The Jet, the Jets can put pressure on the passer. So there's a team, there's a game you can win. I think if they do it right, the Jets are still going to get in the playoffs. I believe that. Maybe I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm a fan. I root for them, and I like them. You know, and I and I like what that coach has done. I think he's done a good job. And and I, I mean, my heart a little bit is with that defense. Those guys played their hearts out the other day, and they're tough. You know, when they when the Jets beat Green Bay. It, that when that happened, Green Bay hadn't quite gone in the tank. The Jets went up there and beat the hell out of them. They kicked their ass. That's how they won that game. That impressed me. So I think that you know, I just think you got to do what he's doing. Give this kid a chance. Keep Wilson alive. But to me, I don't think you're going to get the question answered until I see that offense become more diversified. And I couldn't be. And I said that after the very first practice when I went up there and stood on the field and watched them. Go back and check it. You look what I said. I, I, I'm basing that off 32 years of being around really good offensive football teams. Really good. Now, yeah, of course, you know, at the end of the Jets, there we were struggling, sure. But you know, we didn't have any receiver. They were terrible. But you know, for a long time, come on. When Vinny and Chad, they were good. And then Brett. You know, until Brett got hurt, you know, what we were nine and two, or eight and three, something like that. We were good, and of course Drew Brees. I went to two champ, you know, two championship games. Come on, so oh, absolutely, your record cannot be uh, it. It cannot be questioned at all. But you know, we're going to move on from the Jets for a little bit. You know, they moved from second place to last place with this loss. They're still in the playoff hunt. We're in Week 12 right now. Tomorrow starts Week 12 for us, and teams are really starting to reveal themselves, right? Right. In positive right. and negative ways. Yep. What teams do you see rising to the occasion, and who's going to fall to the wayside? San Francisco's rising faster than anybody. I think. I think they're they look lightning fast. I also see Miami rising a little bit. We're going to find out what happens. Not this. Not this week, but the next three weeks. Miami plays at San Francisco, at the Chargers, and at Buffalo. So Miami's bubble could get burst a little bit. Okay, I think I, I think Dallas is on the way up. I think the Giants are slightly on the way down. We'll find out more tomorrow. Also, I think Minnesota that that bubble got burst a little bit because if Minnesota does not run the football. 
And if you can run on Minnesota and rush the passer, you can beat them. So there's just some teams. I think Tennessee is kind of the, they just sort of keep hanging in there because of the way they play. And they, they play an interesting style of football, which sometimes at the end of the year can be very successful. Buffalo, I still am a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of them. I, I think I, I love the quarterback. You know, he went to Wyoming where I went to school, and I kind of like that. And um, that that and, and Kansas City is just on top of the, the heap, in my, my opinion. Uh, Philadelphia, I, I think they're there to be reckoned with. They're, you know, I think although their bubble got burst a little bit, but they're still pretty good. But a couple teams that are fading, I just think, and I think the Giants, a little bit of gas has gone out of that balloon. Uh, I, I just, maybe we'll see. We're going to find out here pretty soon. I could be wrong, because I think their coach has done a tremendous job. Uh, Dable's uh, definitely done a heck of a job. Probably, I would say, coach of the year. But, uh, you know, in injuries at the wrong time of the year, it's definitely going to be a killer. But uh, we'll get you out of here on this one, Coach. Being this the week of Thanksgiving, I can't help but remember the excerpt from your book where you hosted Thanksgiving dinner for players and their families. I know uh, Zach Thomas and um, Larry Izzo have been there, Kadri Ishmael, just to name a few. So what are some of the Thanksgiving traditions around the West Hoff House these days? And um, well, I'm not, what are you thankful for? I, I, I have one son. Uh, he's, he's, he lives in Washington, D.C. I have three grandchildren, three boys. And so I don't get to see them as much as I'd like. I, I am going to see them coming up here right right after Thanksgiving. Um, I, I'm not married. I'm single. Uh, so my life's a little bit different uh, right now. I have I have a younger girlfriend, so I'm hanging in there. I'm not doing too bad. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> so I'm doing okay, believe me. Um, that was one of the my favorite things that we did. My ex-wife was a tremendous cook. Tremendous. And I invited everybody. All those young kids, all the, the, what free agents, the guys that had no money, they had nowhere to go, they all came to my house. And we really had a great dinner. And uh, it was a tremendous thing that we did. I, I you know, we could have a couple of beers. There's not a lot of drinking. I, I, I wasn't going to let that happen. Um, anybody could leave when they wanted, except afterwards they had to help clean up. I made everybody do that. And they could watch football if they wanted. Um, and we had a great meal. But before the meal, I would ask them to say grace before we you know, got the dinner on the table. And I asked them to do it as they would do it in their home. And, and that's one of the best things that I did as a coach. I loved it. And I, I loved being doing those things for those guys and what it meant to us. And we did it every single year. And uh, it was really pretty cool. It was one of my... Uh, you choked me up. One of my very, very favorite things. Very favorite. I mean, it, it's it's a touching moment in the book, Coach. It's definitely, it's a touching moment. It definitely, like, it, it humanizes everybody, you know, and it brings everybody together for that sense of family. And that's what Thanksgiving's all about, you know? And, I love you know, and, and you know what? We're thankful that you came on this week, you know? You took time out of your busy schedule, you know, you on short notice, too. And, you know, we really appreciate it. You know, Coach Mike Westoff, author of Figure It Out, Mascot Books. Uh, I hear you have a book signing coming up. So if you want to give that a little plug. Yeah, I've got, we've got one up in Tampa. We've got several coming. I, I will let people know. Uh, you know, we got canceled with a bunch of them because of the hurricane. You know, the hurricane smashed us. So we, we kind of, we were trying to hold on. I was trying to keep my house from falling apart. Um, it was pretty tough. I, I watched, 
I have an I have a Ford Explorer, and I watched it get picked up out of my driveway and carried into my front yard. It was pretty tough. So I had some book signings that got canceled, but we'll get them back. And I, I'm doing this because there's not an expiration date. I think it's a great Christmas gift. I'm proud of it. You're not only hearing me tell the story. You know, you're hearing O.J. McDuffie tell the story, and you're hearing Zach Thomas tell the story, and you're hearing、uh, Leon Washington. You know, great guys, great Jets. I mean, so it's so much fun, and、uh, I'm I'm very very proud of it. I think because it, it it showed a time when special teams had risen to a point where it had never been, and it'll never get there again. It'll never be there. It's just the way the game's changed. Doesn't make it. I don't think it's as good, but that's my argument. But、uh, and I helped it. I helped do it, and I'm extremely proud of it. So to me, it's a good story. And、uh, the guys that you can ask anybody that's in the book, they loved talking about it. They loved it. They loved the fact that I gave them a chance to tell their story. So I'm proud of it, guys. I'm very proud of it. And I loved my time in New York was probably the best ten, twelve years of my life. I loved it. I loved the city. I loved the Jets,、uh, the fans. We had a ball, and we were good. We were good. Damn、it was、good. really fun. It was really fun. Oh, definitely. And you know what was really fun? Having you on tonight, joining the in route with in route with us, joining the in crowd. And you, if you want to be a member of the in crowd, hit us up at faderoutemail@gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Hit us up on Twitter at faderoutednz, and you could be like Coach Westoff. You could be a member of the in crowd. Coach Mike Westoff, author of Figure It Out. Thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we'll have you on again very, very soon. Okay, guys, thank you. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for asking me on.、Oh, happy Thanksgiving, Coach.、Okay. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. All the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area. If you're looking for personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing. Hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or. Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. The Fade Store presents the alleged superstar of the week award. Boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the alleged superstar of the week. Here's how it goes: We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and the winner of said vote gets the coveted ass trophy and a shout out on this 
tier program. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week? D. I don't. The nation of Cutter. <laughs> so, <laughs> took that sweet beer money, and then you said that you weren't going to sell beer. And then rumors of you bribing Ecuador to throw the match <laughs> at the World Cup. You tried to bribe the referees just in case Ecuador didn't throw the match. And it, there's a lot of egg. There's a lot of egg on the face right now. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees? B. Oh, Z. I'm so sorry. I'm going to take the obvious one. But Zach Wilson. Such low-hanging fruit. Acts like a punk and plays like a bum. No accountability, no leadership from the former number two pick. Just take that C right off his jersey for the way he's played and the way he's acted. Zach Wilson, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, the Minnesota Vikings heading into the game of the week with the Cowboys. You're eating one big wins over the the Washington Commies, and and then you get blowed out, 40 to three. One score at home for what we thought was an NFC championship preview. Vikings, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And the last but not least, the Brooklyn Nets getting beat by nine points by a 76ers team that didn't have Embiid or James Harden. Brooklyn Nets, you are my alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, Z? Great choices. All very good choices. I'm going to start with the Argentinian national team. High hopes. High hopes going into this World Cup, right? Messi's last ride. And you're going to try and go out on a high note. You lost to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. 2-1. This is not the way you would have liked to have started your World Cup. Not to mention, you're in a tough group. So there is no guarantee that you're going to make it out of this stage and make it into the knockout pool. So you have a lot of work to do. You have a lot of work to do. Argentinian, Argentinian national team, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Major League Baseball, for finding that there was no collusion between the Mets and the Yankees for the gentleman's agreement around trying to go after Aaron Judge. Yeah, I could have told you that. I could have told you that. You're telling me that if a superstar goes from one team to the other, that they wouldn't try and bid on each other? Really? Are you really believing that? Major League Baseball, why are you wasting people's time? The Mets are checking out Judge. The Yankees checked out medicals on DeGrom. Let's be real here. You wasted everybody's time. Major League Baseball, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then, last but not least, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Coming out with the broken thumb story. He's been playing with a broken (laughs) thumb. That's why he's been so bad. Like, that's why he's been so bad. Because he's got a broken thumb. He broke his thumb at the end of the Giants game. And he's been flexing it. And 
this, that's really, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, no. Another one, another story as to why Aaron Rodgers can't get the job done. Maybe it's just time, Aaron. Maybe it's just time. Aaron Rodgers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Honorable mention goes out to Russell Wilson and Patrick Beverly. Russell Wilson, you have, you may not get as many touchdowns as you do toilets in your house. Congratulations. <laughs> Seven touchdowns. You have 12 bathrooms in your house, Russell. So, throw in some touchdowns and fans. And Patrick Beverly for inciting a, an incident with DeAndre Ayton and doing general Patrick Beverly things. So, Patrick Beverly, honorable mention to you, sir. We've said our piece. I definitely Go want him in my box. Oh, don't <laughs> love it. Absolutely. It, only if a sucker punch is required. If I need a sucker punch, I'm calling Patrick Beverly. Other, otherwise, if it's squared up and it's even, no. It's, it reminds me of Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's you and me, mano a mano. Just you and me and my God! <laughs> Patrick Beverly. Twitter poll after the show at DNZ and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. messy accidents get better stopping power with your brake pads callahan brake pads you never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family callahan auto we really care about what's under your hood let's run the option and give you our picks for the week for week 12 and if you want to get in on the action with us and take us on go to our CBS Pick'em League also entitled The Option and play along with us go to our link in bio on IG at FadeRoute Podcast and follow along and let's see what you got Zach took home the win last week congratulations Zach and I see somebody is- named Zach is winning <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know he, he took he took it to us last week, but it is it's getting tight at the top. It's getting tight at the top. We have a three way tie for first place right now, and second place is one point behind. So this is getting very interesting. Speaking of getting very interesting, we're going right into the Thursday night specials. It is Thanksgiving, so you have three, count them, three games going on. At 12.30, your appetite. A much better game than we thought we were going to get. The 73, seven and three Buffalo Bills go into Ford Field to take on the four and six surging Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking the Lions. No, psych. <laughs> I'm taking Buffalo. I mean, this is going to be their second week in a row playing there. Um, they need a good resurgence, but I think it'll be a high-scoring game. 
and then Detroit is putting up a fight, man. Detroit, they're they're uh, they're really uh, coming around. Yeah. I I agree. I think the Lions they're a team to be reckoned with. They're definitely going to be a spoiler moving forward. Like they took it to my Giants, you know, like that was very surprising. But really not all that surprising. Only the score. Really, the score was surprising. I'm going to go with the Bills, but narrowly. Uh, But narrowly. It's going to come down to, is Josh Allen going to be able to make the plays late in game? Because the Lions are going to try and neutralize him by running the rock and playing solid defense. The Lions are going to find out that Josh Allen is not Daniel Jones. Plain and simple. And speaking of Daniel Jones, at 4.30, probably when you're sitting down, like right around turkey time, the 7-3 and three New York football giants go into Jerry World to take on the 7-3 and three Dallas Cowboys. Do the, does the winner get custody of Odell Beckham? No, he's definitely going to Dallas, especially now that L.A. is out. Um, I'm taking Dallas. I'm going with Dallas, too, begrudgingly. Uh, the Lions game definitely put a little bit of concern, especially around the run defense. Wink Martindale has this team playing strong, but it, I mean, they got shredded by Swift and Williams. What's Pollard and Zeke going to do? So it's going to be high scoring, but I think the Cowboys are going to do just enough and I mean, for Odell Beckham, Kadarius Tony's hurt. Don't don't uh, sleep on the Chiefs. You know, you want a ready made ready made uh, chance to go to the Super Bowl. Kansas City's definitely on that short list. And your Thursday night main event, probably when you're having your second slice of pumpkin pie, or maybe you're just uh, sitting down and getting ready to take that power nap. The six and four Patriots go into Minnesota to take on the eight and two Minnesota Vikings. What a trash game! Taking <laughs> the Patriots just because Kirk can't win in prime time. That's right. It is prime time, cousins. That's the one thing is that it is a short week, so I don't know if Bill is necessarily. I mean, who am I kidding? Bill has been preparing for this since two weeks ago because you know he it was the Jets, so. Like, he's probably like, we're on to the Minnesota. I'm not even... <laughs> we're on to Minnesota already. But coach, we're playing the Jets this week. I said what I said. We're on to Minnesota. We're on to Minnesota. I'm going to take the Vikings. They're more talented than the Patriots, and eventually talent wins out. It just has to. Kirk Cousins cannot be the reason they the Vikings blow this game. They just can't be. You know, Dalvin Cook needs to show up, and Justin Jefferson's going to have to bail out Cousins at least twice. Sunday, 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 the three and seven Broncos go into Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers who play football. Oh, that's trash game too. Uh, Broncos. This is tough. Sam Darnold is going to start this game. Oh, dear Jesus. Oh. Well, that changes everything, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Broncos. If, if If not now, when? Let's ride. If not now, fucking when? Let's ride. Let's ride. For the love of God. The five and five bucks go into Cleveland to take on the three and seven Cleveland Browns. I was tempted to take the Browns, but then I realized the 
Bucks are coming off of a bye. They should. This is good. They're gonna make any kind of run it has to start now. So I'm taking the Bucks. The Bucks need to assert their dominance over that division, so they need this game. The Browns are just trying to survive until Mr. Watson gets back. So three and seven, you're not taking a division at three and seven. You're not making a wild card at three and seven. Not this year. You're not making that run. So the Bucks should win this pretty handily. The seven and three Baltimore Ravens at the three and seven Jacksonville Jaguars. Hmm. I'll need the Ravens. I think it'll be a good game. It's going to be good. Like Jag- Jacksonville is better than that record indicates. But, yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens are poised to, you know, do big things. So, Lamar is going to have a good game. Duvernay, we'll see what Duvernay can do. If they have any kind of run game, like make it happen. But Ravens are going to take this one. The one eight and one Houston Texans with Kyle <laughs> Allen under center <laughs> go into Miami to take on the seven and three Miami Dolphins. Miami. Yeah, this was over when Lovey Smith said Davis Mills wasn't playing, and even then, it was over before that. The Dolphins are pretty handily going to take this one. Dolphins are on the rise right now. The three and eight Chicago Bears go into MetLife to take on the six and four J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. You know what? Believe it or not, I do think the Jets are going to win this game. The Jets too. <laughs> I think they're going to win this game. They have to. They have to. And it doesn't matter if it's Mike White, Joe Flacco. Joe Douglas or Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, it doesn't matter who's under center. They need to win this goddamn game. So the Bears are no great shakes. Justin Fields has a separated non-throwing shoulder. So one bad hit and he can be out of this game. The Jets need to win this game. Need, need, need. And the defense is going to need to show up. And if they got to pitch a shutout, then so be it. Potential game of the week right here. The six and four Bengals at the seven and three Tennessee Titans. It's a good game, right? I mean, yeah, very good game. These are two teams, two teams battling for a playoff spot. I'm gonna take the Bengals though. Jamar Chase may play. Two teams that are definitely in the hunt. Definitely in the hunt. Titans have that division. Bengals. Um, they're, they're around the periphery of a wild card. They definitely are around the periphery. There's no Super Bowl hangover here. That being said, Titans. Ball control, run the rock with Henry. Dunza. The 5-6 and six Atlanta Falcons take on the 6-5 and five Washington Commanders. Oh, love the commies. Taking the commies. They're playing good defense. Chase Young is back. Yeah. And Falcons just lost Pitts for the year, so <laughs> you know they're they were already the pits. Anyway. They all they were already the pits, and now they lost Pitts. So like I don't know what to make of that. Arthur Smith is Arthur Smith. It's what he does. I I, I love when my girl we're watching the Falcons, and he's like she's like who is that? Like that's the head coach. No, 
Like, yeah. Like, who is that again? It's still the head coach. Love you, babe. I'm going to take the Commanders to NFC East. Like, it's it's legit, you know? The, the Commanders are playing very well right now. They're getting healthy. They're getting whole. And they have something in Taylor Heineke, whether they want to admit it. He's better than Carson Wentz. I'm, that's not saying much, you know? But... Like, he has control of that offense. He has the respect of the locker room. And that that plays. That goes a long way. Commanders by three. We're into the four o'clock hour. The five and five Chargers at the four and seven Arizona Cardinals. The Chargers. Chargers have to win this one. The Cardinals are floundering. They are floundering, floundering, floundering. Their coach, one of their coaches just got fired for groping in Mexico City. Like, crazy shit is happening in Arizona. So, I don't know if Kyler Murray's playing. I don't know if Colt McCoy's playing. Frankly, it doesn't matter. The Chargers are the better team, and they will show that on Sunday. The 3-7 Raiders at the 6-4 Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. It's hard to envision the Raiders winning this game it's just difficult and, and yet they're they have won recently so I'm going to go with Seahawks coming off the bye Gino's going to have a good game the 3-7 and seven Rams at the 8-2 and two Chiefs how the mighty have fallen I think this game is going to be close um, Stafford's not playing. Couldn't feel his legs in the last game. That's not good. Uh, but I think the Chiefs are going to play down to their competition and say a 20 to 17 win. Wow. Um, that's very telling, you know. The Rams are starting Perkins at quarterback because Wolford's not healthy either. So they could be draft. They could be playing an undrafted free agent under center. They definitely this weekend. Yeah. So. That, that's advantage Kansas City. All the talent disparity is advantage Kansas City, right? No Cooper Cup. They waived Daryl Henderson, so Cam Akers is back in, back out of the doghouse. Like, what is the go? What's going on I, what, there? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, can you explain that? Because I don't know. Like, how does your leading rusher get cut? The leading rusher, who Akers was benched so Henderson could play, then Lakers comes back, Henderson gets cut. The one, I don't understand. Like, they were holding on to Akers, remember? They didn't want to cut Akers. They didn't want to trade Akers. And now he's the only running back on the damn team. <laughs> I, I, I'm confused. I, I'm completely confused by that. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. If it was Akers, if they went and got Todd Gurley out of retirement, if they went and got Eric Dickerson, it wouldn't matter at this point. The Chiefs are thoroughly better than the Rams. And... This is where the fuck them pick strategy bites them in the ass. They they're running out of assets. They won't be able to they won't be able to replenish the cupboard. And that's gonna be a problem for them sooner rather than later. The four and seven New Orleans Saints go into San Santa Clara to take on the four and nine excuse me, the surging San Francisco 49ers at six and four. Oh well. You know, I'm gonna. The 49ers look like a Super Bowl contender, man. Jimmy G wins games. San Francisco. Jimmy G. He's just steady. 
That's what he does. Yeah, yes, he's a little erratic. You know, his passes, his passes are a little wide. Passes are a little high. He wins. His his receivers bail him out. He wins. He has a good running back. He wins. The defense is playing very well. He wins. Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. Kyle Shanahan, if not Brian Dayball, or Kyle Shanahan for coach of the year. That I I am fine with that. This team is primed. This team is ready. Even if McCaffrey doesn't have a great game, they have Elijah Mitchell. They now have depth. This team is dangerous. 49ers in a rout. Your Sunday night special. This would have been a good game at the beginning of the year, maybe, possibly. Now, not so much. The 4-7 and seven Packers at the 9-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, Eagles with uh, Aaron Rodgers have a broken thumb. Oh, yeah. And now that just comes up, right? You know, which is, oh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Well, of course we're not playing. We'll have a broken thumb. Okay, shut up. So the Packers are done, though. The Eagles, if they, if they really want to take a stranglehold of this division, this is a game, this is a must win. And they're good enough to do it. They added Indomitian Sue. They added Linval Joseph. That defense was already stacked. Eagles in a route. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> and your Monday night delight. The three and seven Steelers at the four, six, and one Indianapolis Colts. Stellars. This is tough. This one's actually a tough call. The Steelers are not great. Defensively, they're better, but they're not <coughs> great. Right? Watt is back. Mika Fitzpatrick is back. Take the Colts. Jeff Saturday has these guys playing. Like they're they're one and one, but their play has improved so much in just two weeks. It almost makes you feel like this guy actually knows what he's doing. Who knows? We will definitely see. And teams on a bye? No teams have a bye this week. So adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly. This has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.